the Founders Podcast. Listen to the stories of how everyday extraordinary people start amazing businesses. Hear how they overcome the odds and find success in the entrepreneurial world. The up and down, the good and the bad, and everything in between. And now, your hosts, Jordan Hansen and Brandon Minard. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of The Founders Pod. I'm here with my co-hosts, Brandon Minert, down in Hawaii. Gotta say hi. That's me. I thought I was, <laughs> I was muted because I thought I you were doing the intro. I am doing and the so, intro. Uh, I want a hi aloha, back. Oh, aloha sorry. and mahalo. Aloha. <laughs> aloha and mahalo from Hawaii here. Okay. And then yeah. I got Matt over here. Good. Matt, how you doing? Not in Hawaii. Good. Not in Hawaii. No, Matt and I are local in the cold Boise area. Um, Anyway, we're good and happy to have you guys here today. Um, Today we have a podcast episode where we're going to talk about a lot of advice that comes from uh, two entrepreneurs about how you should, not just entrepreneurs, but even your career, which is do what you love. And we'll get more into that in a second. Um, For now, we have an exciting thing today, a sponsor. Uh, Sponsor coming. Super exciting. Tell us about it. Breaking Breaking news. news. Breaking news. Uh, Are you looking for a high-end pool builder for your residential or commercial property? Look no further. Infinity Pools specializes in creating custom luxury pools that are not only beautiful, but also built to last. From initial design to final construction, our team of experts will work with you every step of the way to bring your dream pool to life. With a wide range of options and features to choose from, we guarantee that you'll love your new pool. Contact us today to schedule a consultation and start building your dream pool. You can find them online at www.infinitypooldesign.com. They're currently servicing Sun Valley, Idaho, Jackson, Wyoming, and all of Utah. Give them a follow on Instagram and TikTok at Infinity Pool Design. Um, that's at Infinity Pool Design on all major social media channels. Um, find them online at www dot infinity pool design.com love it that's great love really it. grateful yeah. to have them infinity pool that's amazing um scale of one to five on the on the script reading four. Oh, four point two. One to five. Oh, okay yeah. I, first i thought one it was five. one out of ten it's no it was one to five i'm getting over 4. a cold 2. pretty good neat neat oh yeah you're congested okay good no also shout out to uh Shout out yeah. to episode fifty-two on an infinite on infinite pools. Another cool note right. about number fifty-two is that that's the annual. That's fifty-two yeah. weeks. That's a full year. That's a big deal. I think we missed one episode. And we should have. We should have had. We should have had fifty. That podcast only be fifty-two. It, it wasn't. It was Ooh, that times two. It was longer. And Ren, was, by the way, is yeah, making a push. He wants to become the most listened to episode. So. Hold on. He, uh, Hold on. He made a post. He, he, he posted on life. Facebook, I think, and Instagram yesterday. Did so he? okay, he's eighteen behind. Is that right? Seventeen behind. Yeah. For listeners, for listeners, you don't have to give curious, numbers. Full numbers. Episode fifty-two. Okay. Episode fifty-two is number two. Yeah. Number episode two. Episode fifty-two. 
is 52 is, is number two in ranking that just passed number three, which is the blue and orange stop shop. Travis, Travis Hawks. Hawk. Shout out to Travis. Travis, get up there. He's one listen wow. ahead of Travis Hawks. He's one listen. See, in that wasn't the, the case yesterday. Spot. I think he was he like is, uh, 18 behind or something like that. 15. Yeah. Yeah. He's 17. He's 17 behind the number one Jeff Minor episode yeah. number 29. Yeah. So that's pretty good. And meteoric rise, really, right? Meteoric. Yeah. Incredibly fast. I mean, within two weeks, he was in the top top five, which is saying something for our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the cool you know, thing that's about a lot this, of <laughs> if, I think every guest we have on, we really should challenge them. Can you be the most listened to episode? And, you know. I got to figure, though, Jeff, or, or Jeff, no, episode number 29, Jeff Minor, Minor Associates, is holding the title, yeah, and, and is like the reigning champ in grasp of that title, and we need to issue some sort of belt to him so that when that <laughs> so he has to give it away, happened, change he has to give it away. Then they can even fight so, harder. Yes, I like this. exactly, exactly. So there, maybe there's a belt situation that needs to go on, but yeah, no, Ren Lamb number fifty two, sponsor of the Founders Podcast. So love that, and top three listens. Top three episode listening wise all time so far. So well done, Renlin. Great job. I also well think um, that's impressive. Is it? Is there, does it? You know, when Amazon, if there's like paid reviews, Amazon takes them down. They don't like it when there's paid reviews. Oh. So is it the? I mean, because I know Jeff has some of his employees listen to it, right? Yeah, that so a lot a, of controversy. Is that kind of yeah. a paid listen? Yeah, a lot of controversy there, and it's not. It's paid because a they're his employees, that's right? But it's also a little yeah. forced. Because they're employees. That's right. Okay. So there's there's a number of issues going on that you know I don't think ethics our ethics committee or panel would appreciate. Okay. Is, but it's still happening. Is Jeff kind of offering incentives based off of whether or not they listen? I I can't. I don't know. Like I close my ears when he's talking about it. Don't tell I don't me what you're doing. You do you, exactly. Jeff. Exactly. And and I'm just looking at numbers. I'm just looking at numbers. I'm looking at him. He's current title holder, heavyweight champion of the Founders Pod, number one by 17 views. The number is a little concerning because it's been hanging out at this yeah. number for a while, which in you know the months past hasn't been challenged. Yeah. However, challenger entered the ring. Annual. Episode number 52, Infinity Pool, sponsor of the Founders Pod, coming in, throwing bows, throwing right-handers and left-handers, encountering and working his way up to the top. Very impressive to see. Uh, also, shout-out to episode yeah, number Ryan one. Minor. Episode number one, Ryan Miner. Oddly enough, number four. <laughs> <laughs> number four. He's never listened to his Travis own Hawks. <laughs> I think Travis can Hawks he, is out there saying, look, I'm at the top without the same last name as somebody who's a host on the show. Exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so Trav- kudos, kudos to Travis, Travis in his own right. He's yeah. got a different last name. Yeah. Is there something um, to be said about <clears throat> comments on our YouTube? Cause we are on YouTube. So check uh, us out. It's at it. the founders pod comments on our YouTube is Renlan. He is the only commenter so far. And so everyone else is missing out. It was, we're new to YouTube. So that also, I think should give him some, there's a little bit of credibility there. Yeah. Let's talk about Ren Lamb views on YouTube. So far, we're at nine. No, wait. Don't, yeah, we don't talk you just about, talk about increase. Oh, excuse percentage me, excuse increase. Me, excuse me. Number. Num- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huge Doubled. increase over prior. Yeah. 
Hey, you know, Dan have- Benet is actually double, almost double. So episode number 53, almost double the amount of views of episode number 52. And quadruple the amount yeah. of likes. Mm. So, something to be said. Anyway. Anyway, today we have an episode. Yeah, we should probably get to the episode. We have an episode talking about um, doing what you love and how important it is it to do what you love when you're picking a business. And now, just to set the stage a little bit, we have an insurance agent. Yes, that's me. We have someone in packaging and containers. That's me. That's right. Matt's for the right podcast there, people, for, you got to say. For listeners, that's, me. that's, that's me. Matt. And then we have someone in software and kind of even more in like due diligence, like banks, financial stuff right now. Um, are we doing what we love? What do you guys think about the mantra of do what you love? Okay, love that. In fact, there's two other ladies here. Yeah, don't tell my wife. Yep, they're sneaking in. <laughs> they're sneaking in. Nobody tell my wife here. There's two other ladies at this apartment right now. So um, do what we love. I have a lot of information on that. Information? Or uh, I have a lot of I have a lot of thoughts. Information. Okay. Quote. So, but I would kind of like to set up why we're talking about this, if that's okay with you, Jordan. Okay. It is. It is. Okay, cool. So it is not uncommon for us on this podcast, if you listen to it, for a number of people. So a lot. I remember the uh, CrossFit, the uh, Rhino CrossFit. Yep. Do what you love. Um, Jen Arnold, I believe, is what who said that. Do what you love. And then the window tinting. Do what you love. There's yes, a, a number girl. of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a number of people have come on, and when we say, "Hey, what what information or what recommendation do you have for people wanting to start their own company?" and I would say the vast majority say, do what you love. Okay. Follow your passion. Do what you love. Uh huh. Yeah. And it is well known saying by Confucius that says, choose a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Is that really right? Confucius said that? Confucius. Or it's, it's attributed to Confucius. Okay. Right? I didn't know that. Um, there you go. Right. So there's a number of things that people say. It's like, look, if you, if you do what you love, then you'll never work or you'll enjoy your work so much. That that is the reason that we we discuss it and say, well, look, a lot of us out here, do we love insurance? Do we love programming? Right? Do do we love packaging and you know all of these businesses that we're doing? And so, a number of thoughts that I have, it's like, is it important when you're starting a business to only look at the things that you love, and then only consider those as a potential? in what you should be doing as your job. You know what I mean? So that's sort of some of the discussion points that we're going to be covering. But the big foundation is there's this mantra going out there that you you have to or you should absolutely be looking at only doing what you love. Am I right in saying yeah. that? Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> so, Brandon, do you love what you do? I mean, I shouldn't say do you love what you do because there's almost like two different things you have to think about. Do you love the industry? Yeah, and and I would even flip that even more. Because I was I wanted to take the the thing where I love the lifestyle my job gives me. Yes. Right? Like I don't I and I always felt like it didn't really matter what I did. The type of business I did, right? If it was a restaurant or retail or whatever, as long as it provided, like I had a specific lifestyle that I really wanted to, to acquire. 
and a job was the way to to get that lifestyle. And that was the most important thing for me because I knew I wouldn't be able to make money at the things I loved. Nor was I passionate about it. Actually, let's go back. What are the things that we love? Right? Like what are the things that you absolutely love? Because I think that's a difficult question to answer. So if I were to pose that to mm-hmm. you, Jordan and Matt, and I'll answer the same question, what is it that you love? Like what is it today that you love? Or maybe even add in there, what is it that you loved growing up that you thought you would want to do? Yeah, for me, it was um, like my perspective on that has changed quite a bit because now I can recognize that really what I love doing is solving problems. I I like puzzles. I like um, things that are, you know, mysterious that uh, require a little bit of thinking to come to a conclusion on. Um, And that's not, that's pretty vague, right? A lot of things fall under that umbrella. It's hard to say like, well, um, that's just one thing that you love because there's a lot of things that require problem solving. And yeah, some problems aren't very fun to solve. But I I guess what I've learned is you you can limit yourself, right? If you think that, that you just love this one thing and it's like, well, you probably love, yeah, basketball or you basketball or music or whatever it is. Um, IT, I really like computer stuff. Um, but you could boil it down and say, well, what aspect of those things do you love? And for me, I found that I really like solving problems. I really like finding a way to do something when that way didn't exist before. And it's so easy to start with the thing first, the basketball or music, but those things may not end up providing a good living for you or a happy, sustainable, I don't know, future or environment for you. And so I think you have to be aware of those things that will, or those aspects of that thing that you can take from it and apply like, Hey, well, I want to live a certain life. Like you said, Brandon, there were certain things you wanted to do. Okay. Well, I like solving puzzles. Well, I'm not going to make any money solving the daily crossword puzzle. It's really fun to me, but it doesn't pay anything. Um, but wait, do you really, you know, I had a streak going, uh, since I've been sick, I've kind of fallen off, okay, but okay. I love it for me. That's really fun. Mm. Okay. I have a, I have a brother, um, who's a dentist yeah. who does crosswords in the newspaper. He gets the newspaper just to crosswords and he's, yeah. he's been doing that for yeah. years, really? and years and years. Mm. Yeah. So with the problem with what Matt's saying is He's come to now. that conclusion after <laughs> yeah. living almost 40 years, yeah. right? Like when he was 21, there's no way no. you would have thought that way. And you, you, I don't know how you could have ever yeah. become enlightened to the point where you thought that because you don't know. Yeah. Or and I think my problem for so long was just going off of what other people recommended or suggested and trying to fit like, hey, they said this would be a good path for me. So I'm going to do that. It must be good. But it took yeah. one day for me. Right. Um, I was working at my at Ren. You know, we talked to Ren, his fence company, and I. Episode, episode fifty two. I was so it's a fence company, but I was helping out doing some networking with the computer and setting up a network, and that was like the best day for me. And so I was like, okay, there's something about this that I really like, but no one told me to go do networking stuff. 
So growing up though, I always knew Matt. So Matt and Jordan and I grew up together. Elementary school, middle school, high school. And I always knew Matt liked IT technology and, and specifically songs yeah. and music. And so, cause there was a time where, and this is going to age us, right? But um, DVD burning <laughs> had just come out because in the past we would, there I would were listen DVDs, to the hot there were CDs. This is before well, DVDs. Right. Oh, excuse me. Excuse yeah. me. CD, mm-hmm. CD burning. And so at the time where you, if you wanted to create your own playlist, I would listen to the hot <laughs> nine at nine and I would be like, okay, I know, I know my song is like number Cotton six. Joe. And then. <laughs> probably but i was like i at least i knew it was on the, the hot 99 and so I'd, I'd lay in my bed and i'd have my stereo with a disc with a uh, cassette tape i'd hit record i would stop record and then if i wanted another song i would have to make sure that it was exactly queued up right and i'd hit record again and then cd burning came out and it was at the time like you had to burn one cd to another but Matt, somehow we walked in and he had like a computer that he would burn CDs from. Yeah. Right. And I was like, wait, what? Like, that'll never last. Like, that'll never work. <laughs> and Matt had weeks of music, like at the queue at the bottom. He, he had like 72 days of music. And I was like, Matt, <laughs> have you even listened to like 10% of all this stuff? But he was always into that and like growing that list and just doing IT stuff. Whereas, I was interested in Tony Hawk skater games or whatever. Matt was always in. So if you were to come to me and I'd say, Matt, your, your future's in IT or your future's in computers or like the music industry. And so we would have been wrong for the most part. I mean, we would have, your passion wouldn't have been able to carry you through the, the downs that come through going, following your passion and monetize, monetize, monetizing yeah. it. Right. I mean, I just don't, Anyway, I just think it's it, it's a very dangerous thought to tell somebody, do what you love, like follow your passion. Because you could literally drag them through a year, years or decades of pain and suffering when they could have just found a job or, or started a company that they could create an income and do what they love on the side and, and been happier than they are following their passion and doing what they think they love. I think yeah. it's a, like in a lot of ways, it's a really dangerous thing to advice. To yeah. Give I was, um, yeah. I love the show dirty jobs and there's this pool guy in Florida and he had just, he got, he gets like $5,000 for every vinyl pool he redoes. And he's like, I just have to do a hundred a year. And I mean, that's 500,000, right? Obviously yeah. he has expenses, but he said his margin was like, tried to be around 50%, but there was nothing beautiful about these. It was really dirty work, right? But it provided a way for him to do on the side what he loved. So I don't know that pools like digging in this yucky, nasty water was what he loved. Maybe. Yeah. Jordan, Jordan, what did you love? What do you love? I love video games. I, I didn't ever think I would have a career in video games, but I loved them, right? And I always th- dreamed like, oh, it'd be awesome if I could do something that would provide. But I think what I've learned more is it's like, I like winning. Um, and it's not just winning in video games, but it's also like when you have a project that's doing well, it's like, oh, that just gives you momentum, makes you feel better. It gets you pumped. And it's the efficiency of making something work well. 
And I can see that, like even Brandon, with your insurance agency, like you said, maybe the industry of insurance wasn't super exciting to you before you got into it, but it certainly is satisfying when it started working, when you have to improve the processes and you're like, wow, this is working. I created this and it's functioning and this, I built something that's doing it. And that is satisfying. Yeah. And, and like the, the high of getting a sale. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's incredible. It's like a win. Dude, I got a bell here for this. Oh, there you go. Bing. Yep, yeah, it's right. just probably going off all day long. All day long. I'm just like, ding, uh, ding. So you hit that and you're like, order up. Oh, okay, now right, you got to like <laughs> fulfill it. Yeah, no, like the sales process is you feel like you're winning. Mm-hmm. You know, because you you sell somebody on your services, that's good for them and good for you and whatever. So no, totally agree with that. That's interesting gaming. So could you have made a living gaming? Would you have had a marriage if you made a living gaming? I think that's a better question. Because I think I probably could have. It would, probably wouldn't have been a great living. I think you look back and you see people have done stuff in gaming. You know, there's very clever people that have made cool products or even I don't think I would have been a professional gamer. But there's a lot of industry around gaming. But I think it would have been – it's not very convincing. <laughs> you have to look at the social pressures. Like you tell your wife like, hey, I'm just, you know, working on video games. I promise this may make money sometime. But yeah. through those years when it's not working, she's like, it looks like you're just playing video games all day. <laughs> no. no, no, it'll, I promise this will no, make money. money. This is going I'm somewhere. money right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think, I think, um, so a couple of articles that I read. Okay. One gentleman, he, his, his point is like, don't do what you love. Don't do it. It's a trap. It's a capitalistic trap. That's what he's saying. In a capitalist society, if you follow your passion and that passion can't monetize very well into a good lifestyle, you will be miserable doing that, right? Um, And so his point was he wanted to do what he loves. So he was a freelance journalist and he said he he was a journalist that was marketing focused. That's what he was interested in. That's what his love was. So he went and did that on his own. And he said for five years, he struggled at trying to monetize what he was doing. And he struggled with it. He was depressed all of the time. He didn't like going to work, even though he liked doing the work. He couldn't figure out how to you know, sell it. He couldn't figure out how to get in front of people enough to... It was consistent money coming in. Then he changed that. And for another two years, he did something similar. And then he came to the conclusion where he's like, I hate this. I hate, I hate doing this as a full-time job. So he went out and got a job that was consistent pay, good hours, and a lifestyle, supported a lifestyle that he liked. And then he did what he wanted to do on the side to create additional income. And he was so much happier doing that. Yeah. You know? And even, even the job that he does, he doesn't mind it. You know, I don't know that anybody minds the work that they're doing right? Because it's work and it should be hard. And so you shouldn't, you know, even if you're interested in it and interested in the incentives of completing that, a lot of times the actual job isn't great. Calling people, doing sales, doing the programming may get monotonous at times. Running the packaging company may get monotonous at times, but the incentives after it's done are are worth that, you know, are reward enough. But I, I really liked his perspective to where, look, for a lot of people, it's a huge trap and, and it's a misleading gold pot at the end of the rainbow where you're going to drag yourself through years, potentially decades of a difficult path 
when you don't have to do that. And another thing I'll point point up to point out to everybody. Um, these things that you love, are they meant to support your family in a mortgage? Or are they just yeah. meant to support relaxation like a crossword? Why can't that just be meant to support relaxation yeah. and curiosity? You know? And and isn't that what it's supposed to do? Like playing basketball uh every month every weekday morning. Is that meant to support a Not mortgage for everybody. <laughs> family for you? Or is it just yeah, or is it just meant yeah. to support like fitness yeah. and competitiveness? Like, why why is that not okay to just fit that aspect of your life versus having right. to support your life? Yeah. Have you guys seen the movie The Rookie? Mm, no. Is that the baseball one? That's no. the baseball one. Yeah. Ted, isn't that a? It's uh, oh, I forgot his name. Robert Redford's in there, right? Robert. No. No, it's not Kevin Costner. This is the other one. Well, I'm looking it up. It's the guy who, anyway, he's older, right? And somehow he's oh, pitching I know who better. It is. Dennis oh, Quaid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. That's it. Yeah. Dennis Quaid. Okay. And this is an interesting, because it's almost like an overlap here with Do What You Love, is that I think baseball is a really good example of this. There's a lot of people in the AA, AAA area, they're not, they're, they're, and their dream is to play in the majors, and they're not making hardly any money. And they could spend 10, 15 years in there pursuing the dream. And where's that line between yeah. dream and, I mean, is it a betrayal of their dream if they quit after two years? Yeah, I mean, Brandon, you could you could talk so about the Corn Ferry the- Tour all day long, right? With golf? Oh, dude. I think about that, that thing that Jordan talks about, I think about all the time because golf is very similar. And you can be a journeyman, golfer, or baseball player. Baseball and golf are very big in that where you have to... Yes. If you're not a five-tool player in baseball, then you're slugging around the bottom leagues for years, mm-hmm. waiting for your opportunity. Making like right $30,000 right a year. Like not enough to yeah. support a family. Listen to how golf works. It's worse. Okay. So golf has, you know, leagues of play, right? They have the PGA tour. They also have the corn Ferry tour, which is like the feeder league, right? Which changes names. It was the Nike tour or the web.com tour. It was different names, right? Now it's the, the corn Ferry tour, but they have the, European, the DP tour, uh, they have the Asian tour and now they have the live golf. So there's different tours that you can get onto to qualify for the top, which is the PGA, right? Well, here's how it works in golf. If you go to a corn Ferry event and it's a four day event, the first two days are just qualifying. You pay your expenses to go, you pay for your hotel, you pay for your, well, your caddy actually pays for himself to go. Um, if are you, you don't the make greens the greens on those, first you don't get rounds. any money. I don't know. Okay. I think you pay the entrance fee. I mean, it's a tournament fee, fee. Right? Yeah. That covers it. But you yeah. pay for the tournament fee. So you pay that. You pay all your expenses to get there. And if you don't make the cut, if you don't shoot well enough, you don't make any money. Yeah. And then if you make the cut, your bottom, you know, the, the very last person makes some money on it. Right. So next week's the exact same thing in a different location. So you got to drive, you know, however many hours to get to the next location. You got to enter, you know, qualify to get in, try to make money. And and there's journeymen that have been doing this for a very, very long time, only making money at the, you know, for the good weeks that they have performance. And then when they get to the PGA, you have to qualify for your tour card. You could lose that, 
But again, you're only making money if you are making the cut in every tournament. And then at the PGA, it's so much more difficult to make the cut. And so these guys could go weeks without making any money. And then when they do, it's, you know, it's a decent paycheck. But there's guys that like were a journeyman for 10 years. They win a PGA Tour event, break down crying. Their whole family they have like teenage <laughs> kids that are there like, you know, we've been dreaming for this moment for years and years and years. And 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 you see the guys that don't make it, they become PGA professionals at a golf course. Yeah. And you think, "Hey, that's that's they get a, a steady paycheck and they and they can still enter events and they can still enter the US Open. They can still go to some of these events, but they don't need to be a journeyman going around to events every single week." Man, so where's if the your line? Passion, yeah, where's yeah, the line? Well, if your if, if your passion isn't strong enough to carry you through a decade worth of journeyman, or if your family support isn't such that they're willing to be patient enough for you to miss, you know, games, miss schooling events, miss all of that stuff. But it's not, not even be a part of your family. Right. It's not even a guarantee after 10 For years. A guarantee. Yeah, because your wife is going to be like, I it looks know. like you're I, just I spending know. a lot of money to go play golf when you're not winning, right? That's right. Yeah. And you know what would, yeah. you know would be a good one? I have a, a, a partner who who did that who on, on golf-wise. And his name's Aaron Friedman. And he uh, he made it to what they, they have this qualifying school. To get into the Corn Ferry, you go through what's called a Q school. And, you, and there's multiple levels of it. And he made it through the second stage. And I talked to him about it. And I'm like, dude, being a professional golfer would be the worst of all sport professions to be in. Because there's, there's no regular season. It's all year. It's a different venue every week. So it's not like you have home and away. It's always away, right? And so these guys are away every single week. It's four days. It's not just one game, right? Like one basketball game. It's four days. So, and you have to win all four days to win the whole event, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and 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 he's like, yeah, I would, I would hate it. I would hate being that journeyman because so stressful. You're living on the edge every week, and if you're not one of the top guys, you're not making hundreds of millions. So is know? it a fairy tale? So is it is the the, the painting not of, for the people that make it, right? And you think that guy that made it after yeah. ten years? I think is it worth it? Maybe it was, but is it a fairy tale to Maybe. say, hey, pursue dreams when you think? What have you given up? I don't know. I feel like I'm a dream killer right now. Yeah, I I think part of yeah, me it's I, similar to the idea of, you know, we talked about it with Ren, of course, to get back to Ren, but you know, people that go to college to find out what it is they want to get into. And I think it could be taken this whole do what you love is I've just got to try a whole bunch of different things and if I don't really love it, I'm just going to quit it and move on to the next thing. Right. And that can be dangerous because it's like you just, you know, do something that will support you, right? That you, and this is one school of thought. This is not like this is what you should do, of course, but, um, yeah, find something that will. I'm not getting emotional. I'm just stuffed up, congested. Close those, you know, I get eat, the napkin uh, tissues out. <laughs> but does that make sense where it's like it could be a slippery slope to where you don't really stay one course you're bouncing all over the place because you're like i don't love it i don't love it yeah Uh, i think i think in those situations i i like getting a vast amount of experience Mm -hmm. in different industries and then what you want to do is is not make the decision totally on if i love it but what are the opportunities in each one and are the opportunities afforded to me 
will they be reward enough to go through the pain of the job, yeah. you know, the struggles and the hardship? Because you're going to do work. No matter what you choose, yeah. it's going to be work. You got some crap. And yeah, it is. And and if you choose to have doing what you love be work, well, then you're not going to love doing that every day. I know that. I guarantee that. And people can say, I love coming into work every day. Well, yeah, but you, if you love that job, there's aspects of the job you hate. Right. It could be the finances. It could be the negotiations. It could be the sales. It could be something. You hate that part of it. Right. And so all of a sudden, did you just ruin the thing that you love doing because you turned it into a job and now you hate it? Well, I don't know. I just think in those situations, if you get a lot of experience, you know, okay, well, I, I do like sales and I do like technology sales or I do like person to person sales. And I like making money. And are there opportunities? I like making money. Mm -hmm. And what's the best industry that affords the most amount of money for, you know, the type of, the type of work I want to do and will it afford me the lifestyle that I want? Cause there's a number of people that I talk to that, that everybody talks to that. They're like, look, it's more important for me to be home with my family every night than it is for me to, you know, sell my soul in a way and be making a lot of money, but being away from my family all the time. So there's the lifestyle aspect, which everybody knows this, but at the same time, these are the things you have to weigh when you say, okay, do what you love or do what provides you the lifestyle that you love. You know, I just think that's a, mo- a lot more realistic mantra to live by than do what you love. You yeah. know, it's, it's yeah. a, and, and it's a nuance, right? I think what Matt says is true, right? You don't want to just jump, 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 but there's probably things you can identify. I really don't like that. I know I don't want to do that, but you understand, okay, this is okay. I could probably do this. And I think what you said too, yeah. Brandon, about the opportunities like I, I was in accounting and, you know, there's a lot of people that make a lot of money in accounting, but I knew when I was in there, this was not for me. Um, I hated yeah. it. Now, when I got to programming, it did not take me long to realize, hey, this is something that I could, I could see the future. Like, hey, I can see how I can build stuff with this and what this could possibly do. But you had a really good mentor. I helped me. I had, I mean, that probably was the difference, <laughs> you know, <laughs> shout out to Matt. Honestly, I am so grateful for Matt because, you know, he taught me to program. Paid me, yeah, not, not directly. that directly, but um, honestly, I was paid to learn the program, and it changed my life. Hundred percent, biggest career professionally, the biggest change ever yeah, in my life. Sure. Um, yeah, is is there something? I, I guess you just talked about accounting where you got into it and you didn't love it. Um, Brandon, what about you? Is there something that you got into where you're like, "Ooh, I don't love this. I'm gonna pivot." Oh yeah, what, what's oh, one definitely. of those things? Um, Give me an example. Yeah. I, so I knew, so I worked for my dad doing drug testing and I'm sorry, family for anybody hearing this. I did not what? like doing Don't say oh. uh, the drug testing collections. <laughs> I, I just didn't like doing it cause it dealt with a lot of urine. <laughs> so it was like, icky. and it was a little icky for you. I, I hated it. I so, hated. What if it was your business? Every time, and you were making money. Off I, it. I know, and it was part of it. Part of it was I hated it, and I always wanted to be the type of person where you're like, "Look, I'm not afraid to do any job in the company, and I want to get out there and show my employees that I'm willing to." And I was like, "If this is my company, I'd have to be out here doing and doing these urine collections all the time." And we'd go on on job sites and do these big jobs. And my dad was like, oh, I love this because we're making a ton of money on it. And I was like, I hate doing this. I hate it. <laughs> like, I absolutely Just urine hate every everywhere. second of that portion of the job. Urine, 
you're in all over the place. I wonder if, if you would have felt differently if you would have created the business. Maybe, maybe, but there was a but I respected the business a ton. I loved I loved the people in that business. I loved doing the the management of that business, right? Because there was a lot of, you know, um processes and there was a lot of things to improve on. And I enjoyed that aspect of the business, but I hated doing the yeah. urine collection. I just did. But if I it was your business, you would have had that. somebody else doing the um, urine collection. But yeah, he's but saying he I, wants my to point do it. Is, he wants to show that I wanted to it. be a part of that. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to show people that I do that. And then I also had a job where, you know, I love sales. I've always, I'm a sales guy. I love sales. I love talking to people. It comes naturally to me. If I, if I like the product, I'm basically going to sell it without trying because I just enjoy it. Right. There was a job I was selling. Uh, it was legal. Ooh, yeah. Let's see. Yeah. I remember this. It was a company. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was a company that sold litigation services. So they would go like if a, if a, a law firm had a big case and there was like 12 or 13 boxes of evidence and there was five or six parties that needed a copy of that. Well, they had to, the law firm had to co make copies and organize those copies and put them in the binders. Well, this company, what they did was they solicited and said, we'll make all those copies for you. So they had tons of huge printers and scanners and all and binders and all this stuff. And they would charge per sheet, you know, whatever that was. So we would be like two, three, four, five cents a sheet. And I would call paralegals all day. And I did six months of straight cold calling every single day to these paralegals. And I would sometimes stop by their office and drop off cookies. Didn't make a single sale. Like a single sale, six months of cold calling to the end of the point, to the, to the point where at the end, I couldn't get myself up to make any more cold calls. And I was talking to my dad at the time. I'm like, I hate this job. I hate it. I can't sell anything. And I was losing confidence in my ability to sell, which made selling worse because I was hesitant to like lose it. So I would just tiptoe around it. I wouldn't be bold anyway. And my dad's like, quit. And I was like, well, if I quit, wouldn't that mean I'm giving up? He's like, no, <laughs> are you an idiot? There's so many good sales jobs that you'd be perfect for that you'll like out there. It's not your responsibility to, to stay here. So yeah, I left that. And and you know, I didn't. I, I knew I wanted to continue sales, so I knew in my mind that it wasn't. Oh, maybe I don't love sales. It was that was not the right fit for me at all. Yeah, like, six months without a sale feels like it's the product. I mean, it could be the rep, right? Obviously, but yeah, it was that's the product. Tough. And you know, and the guy, and the guy, and you know, he was a good guy, but he was like, "You're it. If we don't sell something, it's on you." And, you know, looking back, that's like, dude, you, you know, you, you gave me a list of names and you just gave me their phone number and we're like, go out and make a sale. And we didn't, I don't know. There, there was a lot that went wrong with it. Like we didn't talk much about how we could do this better or why this isn't working. It was just, they'd check in with me every night and be like, any sales team? I'm like, no, no. Do you think I wouldn't come out and tell you? Yeah. Like I'm sitting in this stupid office making calls all freaking <laughs> You'd be rigging long, this. I hate it. Yeah, that bell would be going off the hook. I'd throw it through the window if yeah. I made a sale. Like I was anyway, so yeah, I mean there was stuff like that. Um I don't know how many other jobs that I got fired from Home Depot, so that yeah. just wouldn't work, you know. <laughs> um but anyway. Yeah, so that's that that's my experience. So I don't know. I, I, I come back to I don't like the mantra do what you love. I don't prefer it. I would I think there are people out there that their passion is so strong yeah. that that's what they should do. 
is do what they love because nothing yeah, else they find will be it okay out, for them. It seems like they find and it out right away or fairly quickly on, right? And then they go. Sure. They, their yeah. path is, yeah. and, you can see it. Yeah. It's clear and it's present. Yeah. And, and one time, one of our good friends, we were doing this mobile car wash and he's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to study. I don't know. I, I don't. And I'm like, well, what do you love? And then, so we started talking about that. And his name's Dustin. And I feel somewhat responsible for this problem here. But we're talking about it. And he's like, well, I don't know. I had a finance class I really like. I'm like, dude, go into finance. You got a lot of opportunities in finance. Yeah. You should do that. And I'm selling him like, go into finance, do it. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, okay. And he did. Goes into finance, graduates in <laughs> finance, hates it. Hates it. Hates every minute of it. Absolutely hates it. Is kicking, kicking it around different jobs for a couple of years and then finds out he loves health. <laughs> he yeah. wants to be a doctor. So he goes back to school, gets into the different, you know, undergrad stuff that he needs, gets into um, podiatry stool, loves it. Much, much, much better fit yeah. for him than and what I. Back, and you know, I makes sense, felt. but man, you don't know, right? You don't know until you go and try. Yeah, now he's a doctor. Yeah, I guess yeah. Doctor Moyer. Now he's Doctor Moyer, and and I feel responsible for putting him. Did back he send you like a bill years. for his tuition? I probably put him back. <laughs> yeah, he should. Yeah, I hope not. I hope he won't. He's gonna charge me double for any foot probably. problem I have. For all the uh, listeners in Rochester, go visit Doctor yeah. Moyer in Rochester. Yeah, he, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do think that I, and one thing I wanted to bring up to you guys is when somebody talks to you about following their passion, what are your thoughts? Cause I think it's a dangerous conversation for me to have when somebody comes up and says, I'm super passionate about this. And if that item is on the fringe, difficult to monetize, I want to tell them don't do it. But who am I to say, yeah. don't do what you love. And that's why I, I don't want to be a wet blanket. But I also want to give him my opinion to say, look, may not may just be the best thing to do mm -hmm. on your off time. Like join a club, join a league. You know, I love golf. I'm never going to make money doing golf. I will never make money doing golf. If I enter a tournament, the winnings will most likely be less than the tournament <laughs> fee. <laughs> and so and so I, I but I enjoy that on the on the weekends and on the week you know, nights and that yeah. type of thing. But I, I just feel like I don't want to crush anybody's dreams because who am I to say that that won't work? But I also want to give them my honest opinion. If I think it's a crap job or a crap, yeah. passion. <laughs> I want to tell yeah, them, it's like the game's on hard it. mode a little bit, right? It just, it kind of puts, and there's, and there's a, a, a nuance as well. Like the passion, it just has to be, you know, your passion maybe doesn't have to be so strict, right? If it can be a wide passion, then it's okay. And then you just, if it's a hardcore passion like golf, you're just like, all right, you can probably succeed. The game's just going to be a little bit harder for you. You're on hard mode. Why the rest of sure. us are going to go. Yeah. I, I think you can find things in places you weren't expecting to find them. The, the, mm -hmm. the overall job may be not so sexy and you find certain parts of it that you really love. I remember I I tore out this bush that was in our front yard and it had roots down deep and it was hot and it took forever to do it. And when I set out to do that job, it's because my wife told me we needed to do it. I was not excited about it. But when I got that bush out of the ground, I was so pumped. Like I loved it. And if you would ask, yeah, I got that sale, baby. 
Yeah. But if you would have asked me before I did it, was I going to love it? I would have said, no, I want to go inside where it's cool. I want to watch whatever's on TV. And so I think you have to be willing to try these different, whether they're jobs or tasks or whatever they are in these unknown areas or, or places that you may feel like, oh, that doesn't sound super appealing. Well, you may find it in that place. So. Yeah. I think the the tough part is, does that mean no. you love landscaping? No. Well, I don't know. You no. know, and and is landscaping what would give you the lifestyle? And for some people, they'd say yes because they want to be yeah. outside. You know, they want to be working with plants and they want to be working, you know, in the dirt and stuff like that. But it's just, I, I I'm gonna just come back to I don't like the mantra "do what you love." I like the mantra um, "do what will give you the lifestyle that you love." That's what I'm going to tell people every that you can time handle. they ask me that. Do something yeah. that's okay that will give you the lifestyle you want. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everybody will look out for their best interest and be happy, yeah. you know, for that. But it's like, look, your your lifestyle is a lot more important to you than, in my opinion, than the job. You're more than the job you have, right? Like your value is more than the title that you own. I just, I think you're going to be yeah. a lot happier in the long run. More people will if they do the... The job that gets yeah, them the and lifestyle I think that they if want. you can get that job that provides that lifestyle, you have more freedom to explore what it is you love. I remember at my last place of employment, I got asked that a lot. Like, what do you love? What's your passion? And it kind of drove me crazy because I couldn't just clearly state what that was. I, I didn't know what it was. And I thought like, man, I'm so lost. I have no idea what this is. I should have this figured out by now. Um, and it's just taken some time to figure out, like, it's more, like I said, solving problems encompasses a lot of things. And, uh, <clears throat> so <coughs> Matt's crying. I'm not He's crying. crying, everybody, but just so you know, like you said, I, I agree with you. Um, setting yourself up with either a job or profession or owning a business, whatever it is to provide you that time to then find out what it is you love. You may find it in the business or you may find it in the job, but if you allow yourself that freedom, you may find it in a bunch of different areas too. Yeah. All right. That's a pod. I'm going to hit stop. Peace. And... Thanks for listening to the Founders Podcast. Be sure to follow the host on Twitter. Search at Jord B. Hansen and at Brandon Minot to discuss more. Also, be sure to visit thefounderspod.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content.